New Year coming up, and, and when we start the new year, I'm going to start a brand new series that I'm calling Now and Forever. That'll start next week. But what I wanted to do is sort of uh, share with you uh, something that's been very helpful to me over the last season of time, and we'll be referring to it throughout the series. So um, uh, it's, uh, it's a little acrostic I came up with during this last season of dealing with things that's really helped me. And we were passing out wristbands uh, on your way in. If you didn't get one, get one on your way out. Kind of help remember the little acrostic. It just says flow on it. And I'm going to be talking about that today in our time together. But before we get into that, let's do a bad joke or two. Oh, so I love it when they, when they drop the ball in Times Square. It's a nice reminder of what I did all year. Speaking of dropping the ball, one of the things, if you're up at midnight, what I would encourage you to do is, as the ball is dropping, raise your left leg so that you start the new year on the right foot. One of my resolutions is to read more, so I uh, turned the subtitles on on my TV. Yeah, well, the only, only other resolution is uh, this year I'm going to try to remember why I've walked into a room. I said to the last group, I said, it's only funny if you're my age or older, and some of the young people went, no, we do that too. So trust me, you're not doing it like I do it. <laughs> like, why am I here right now? I don't even know. That would be scary, wouldn't it? Sort of come to in front of this mess. Nah. <laughs> when that happens, replace me. Scripture reading. Here on purpose, Revelation 22. Verses 1 and 2. Yeah, that's not the right verse. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb, down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Blessed be the word of the Lord. This picture that's being presented there of the river of the water of life is, is what I want to talk about. And um, you, you, you don't need to think of it as, you know, sort of physical water as we know it. I like this picture of uh, this, this water, if you would, that's flowing from the throne. It's a picture of eternal life. It's crystal clear to reflect the, the, the glory and the purity of God in this dazzling, never-ending stream. And it's, uh, this stream is, is, you know, it emanates from the throne of God. And so the, the picture that I, I like to get in my mind is just this picture of His eternal life flowing from the very throne room of God down to us. And, and that, that we're in this, this life flow that He has. And not only that, that it, it also spreads through us. Jesus said in John 7, 38, Whoever believes in me, as the Scripture said, streams of living water will flow from within them. And again, that, that's a, he's talking about the Holy Spirit, but it's this picture as well of this amazing life, this now and forever life that we have in Christ that emanates from the throne and flows through us and into the world around us. And I love that picture, and I find it very helpful because 
um, we find life when we're, when we're kind of in that amazing flow that's coming from the throne and moving through us. And when we're not settled in our own lives, when things are taking place, when we're out of sorts, when we're not at peace, when we're not at rest in our soul, uh, it it's, means that somehow we've sort of shifted off track a little bit. And this little acrostic that I came up with has been very helpful to me um, over the last few months when I find myself sort of unsettled or out of sorts. If you remember during our Advent series in the last month of you were here, one of the topics that uh, we, we looked at was peace. And we talked about um, the amazing peace of God, that we're at peace with God so we can experience now His peace in our lives. And when we're not experiencing that peace, it means that, that something is not right, and that's on our end, not on His. And, and so it's sort of a, a reminder to us, it's a, a little nudge that, hey, we're, we're not quite right, there's something wrong on our end, and we need to do something about it because we're to be experiencing and living in His peace, regardless of circumstance. And I, I brought it up then, and I'll, I'll bring it up now. I, one of the things I always tell you to do when you're, when you're not at peace or at rest, if you're anxious or worried, there's a prayer that I've taught you over the years, and I've had you write it down so that you would know it. Very powerful prayer. I'm sure many of you in the room know it. Let's see if you know it. And that prayer is? Very good. So, I'm so glad you listened. Help. That's the prayer. So, and you, you should know it, and I, I mean it. I, that's one of my prayers that I pray all the time. It's that simple. It's, it just reminds me who's in charge, that he's got it, that I can trust him. It sets everything back in motion. Well, along with praying that simple prayer, um, this little acrostic that I want to sh uh, show you, I think is very helpful to kind of settle us back in, to experience and stay in this, this life, this full and abundant now and forever life that Jesus came for us to bring. And so there's, there's four little ideas that go with this acrostic that I wanted to share with you uh, today that I think will be helpful and that we'll refer to in the midst of uh, during this uh, series that we're going to start next week. So the first thing that I want you to do if you're out of sorts or you're not at peace or you're not settled is you need to focus. That's the F. You need to focus. Isaiah 26.3. And all four of these has a little verse from Isaiah. You will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is steadfast because they trust in you. Perfect peace in our minds when we're trusting in Him. I love that particular verse. And so um, one of the things that I think about when I when I'm start to get unsettled, and, and everybody has different things that help you know you're not where you need to be in, in, in your settledness when you're, when you're not at peace. Um, it could be that you start to get overly worried, and some of you are start letting your minds race on all sorts of possible outcomes of every, and you're really good at that, but it doesn't give you life. Um, in fact, it's stealing life. And we've often said, you know, you got to convert some of that time into prayer. It's far more effective. Some of you maybe, you know, beyond worry, you start to get anxious and, and you, you know, those things start to happen. Um, you know, one of the things I notice about me is, you know, I can get a little grumpy, believe it or not. And, uh, I also tend to get my, I used to be really sarcastic in parts of my life, and uh, I've really worked on that over time. I try not to be sarcastic, but I'll notice my sarcasm starting to pop up a little bit. I get a little edge. And to me, the height of sarcasm was always being sarcastic and nobody realizing it except me. Uh, think about that. That's a twisted level, right, of sarcasm? 
that you're just saying things that have this big bite to them and they're not catching them right away until later or something. And that's horrible way to live. But, but you know, that's reality. I, so I, would, I can notice some of those things at least starting to formulate in my brain again. Um, uh, edginess, irritability, lack of patience. There could be a lot of things that are sort of assigned to you that you're not quite where you need to be. And when you start seeing those things, we say help, and then we focus. And, and one of the verses that always comes to me, it's one of the vineyard verses I've taught you over the years, it's Hebrews 12, 2. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I've noticed that that verse has been on my mind a lot, along with some other verses, but a lot lately, and that I use that to get sort of refocused. And I just started to think about Jesus in it. You know, it says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author. And so I do that. I start, and I start to remember all that he's done for me. And I start to thank him for those things. And that, you know, he went to the cross for me. And I, I thank him for that. Because of my relationship with him, I've been reconciled to God. I, I thank him for that. That verse has this powerful um, meaning in it to me, you know, for the joy set before him. And I, I realized that the entire reason that he came because he was, you know, in the throne room be before he came. He was already, you know, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Everything was, was his already. But he, he willingly laid that aside and came down for a purpose. And it's because something was missing in the throne room. And what was missing was us. Um, and, and so when, when Jesus came and, and did all that he did for us and going to the cross and, and, you know, defeating death and rising again, he did that because we were the joy set before him. And when I think about that, I'm amazed that whole process, that, that I'm part of that joy that, that he came and willingly did all that he did. And when I start to think those kind of thoughts, and that list just goes on and on and on, you know, I'm a new creation and all the amazing things that happen, I've been justified, I could go on and on. It helps to sort of settle me again in who he is and that I can trust him. And, and so I, I can sort of catch myself from running in that other direction where there's no life and just kind of begin to settle in again and who he is and experience this life that I have in that picture of his eternal life that's now and forever. And then once that starts to happen, the second thing that I think is very important pops up, and that's the L, is that we need to listen. We need to listen. In Isaiah, he says this. I love this verse. Isaiah 50, verse 4. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being taught. Isn't that a great verse? He, he wakens our, our ears to listen like disciples, another translation says. Now, listening is one of those things that, that most of us need to get much better at. By and large, we are not very good listeners. Um, let me just give you an example of how it often goes when it comes to listening. Um, so if we're engaged in a conversation and you begin to speak, um, after you've said three or four or five words, I begin to think about what I'm going to respond because obviously you're speaking to me because you desire my incredible, you know, wise response is really what it's all about and that's just what you're waiting on. And I begin to formulate that. I stop listening to you because I'm just waiting for my turn to speak. And I'm, I'm being, you know, the polite thing to do is to wait until you have to draw a breath. And then I'm going to jump in with what I have to say. And that's how most conversations are. That's why a lot of you know how frustrating it would be if you're talking to someone who has figured out how to speak without breathing. 
It's like playing the clarinet or something. I don't know how they do it. <laughs> clarinet reference. I don't know where that came from. They, and, and you, if you're in a group conversation and, and, you're, and, and somebody anticipates that pause before you get there and you never get to speak. You know that whole situation? I never get to speak. And then you just check out altogether. So listening, really active listening is, is staying engaged and really hearing what someone is saying until you decide. And then when they're done, that's when you, and believe me, your brain's sharp enough. Then you come up with what you need to say in response to everything you've said. Well, that's listening. Most of us don't do that very well. And because we're not doing it very well in our day-to-day -day normal times, we don't listen very well to the Lord. We spend most of our time with Him on broadcast. And don't get me wrong, it's good to go and tell Him what's going on, and He wants you to do all those things. But there needs to be an active spot where we actually listen. And you, you, you can't listen if you don't sort of stop and just take it in. And, and, you know, what are you listening for? Well, the Lord speaks in lots of different ways. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't hear audible voices uh, from the Lord. I'm not saying it's not possible, but, but I don't hear them. But I, hear, I get impressions in my spirit or something comes out of the Word or something that someone will say or those kind of things. But if I'm not listening for them, I'll, I'll miss them because I just get really busy. So we need to, to work on listening. Somebody asked me after the last service, well, how do you... How do you begin to do that, to listen well? Because when I try and listen, I find myself wandering. And especially when I'm trying to listen for the Lord, my mind just keeps going. I said, well, here's, here's my thought for you. Really, in your personal conversations with people, work in that situation on being a good listener, and it will transfer over into your relationship with the Lord. Really work on not thinking about what you're going to say while somebody else is speaking. Just try that for a while. It's very, very helpful. James said this. This is great advice, James 1.19. He says, my dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. And I would suggest to you that most of us are the exact opposite, especially when we're not sort of experiencing that life. Uh, we are quick to become angry. Anyone? Quick to speak. How often have you said something you wish you hadn't said? Right? Slow to listen. And so James is saying, look, we, most of this are backwards. We need to get that shifted in our lives. So, so let's be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to become angry. And I think the better listeners we are, the, the better we are at those other things. So we're getting, if we find ourselves unsettled, you know, we're going to focus in on who Jesus is. We're going to stop and just listen. And then third, we need to observe. That's the O. Oh, we need to observe. In Isaiah 42, 20, it says, seeing many things, but you do not observe. Uh, uh, you know, we're, we're seeing, but we're not really seeing. And what we need to do is learn to look beyond the surface at what's going on around us. I've been talking for, for a long time about how important it is that our perspective is right, that we have a throne room perspective, that we're asking God all the time to help us to see things the way that He does. And, uh, you know, an, an analogy would be when you're, if you're looking at the, at the ocean or at a, on your canal looking out or something, and you're, you're looking and it's hard to see beneath the surface sometimes, and then you put on a pair of Polaroid glasses, you ever, and all of a sudden it opens right up to you. It's, you get a whole different view of things. Well, that's what we need to be asking for from the Lord, that we could see things um, beyond what's happening just in our own little, you know, sort of area in our lives. Um, it's called, you know, Paul says, in opening the eyes of our heart, Ephesians 1.18, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be open in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance 
in the saints. And so we, we need to ask God to help us see the way he's saying. Now, a, a big part of that is, is, is sort of realizing that if we are, our perspective isn't right, generally what's happened is we've got ourselves at the center of the story. See, the, Jesus is the center of our story. He's the center of, of history. And, and, and our lives work best when we understand that this is his story and that our part in it is sort of revolving around him. Um, what we tend to do is get ourselves in the center and we think everything revolves around us. Well, then we can't see what's really going on because all we can see is how it's impacting us. And, and so we, we're losing the bigger picture. And, and so what we need to do, and one of the things that we do in this observation part is we settle down, we're focused on Him, we realize it's all about Him, we're listening for Him, and we're making sure that He's at the center of the story once again because that's where we find life. Uh, and to me, when I'm experiencing those things that I talk about, if I'm anxious or fearful or worried or everything, generally that means I'm back at the center of the story because everything then just looks from my perspective, not good. And so i got got to get out of there and ask him, God, I want to see things the way that you do. I want the bigger picture. I want to, I want to see what's really going on in this whole process and that, that my, the eyes of my heart would be open so I can see the way that you do. And so we just you know, take that time to observe and look beyond the, the little narrow circumstances and make sure you're where you need to be. And then, number four. This is maybe the toughest one, the W. Wait. Most of us were doing pretty good until then. You were hoping it was wallow. <laughs> we're in the wallow. Now I'm going to wallow. <laughs> you got to wait. And th that's the hard part, is, is uh, learning to wait. Isaiah 40, 31. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like, e wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. See, that's the... That's the part where, where we really settle back in. That first verse in Isaiah, I said to you that, you know, he keeps it, our minds at peace, those who trust in him. And that, that waiting, uh, being patient, means that we know that we can trust him. And yet we have this tendency to be so impatient. We want everything to happen right now. We do not like to wait for a thing. I, I was teasing with the other girl. I think part of it is just because computers and how fast they are. And we, we keep getting our time sped up to the, the expectations of things. And, and now there's no wait. If we have a thought, we just Google it and we can figure out what it is. I, I'm sure that at some point it'll get so fast that before you even have the thought, something will just pop up on the screen and say, this is what you were thinking, isn't it? And uh, uh, so we're, we're, we're not patient people. We want everything now. We don't want to wait for a thing. We've gotten so used to just things taking place. I had this quick flashback of the first time I ever had an interaction with computer. It was 1972. I was 12 years old. And uh, in, our, in our classroom, 7th uh, or 8th grade classroom, they brought in a terminal, which was nothing more than a hype-up uh, typewriter. That's all it was. RM was a typewriter. And you could type in, and like 20 minutes later, you'd get some sort of response on the typewriter, and we'd be like... <gasps> and, and you imagine, if you have to wait 20 seconds now, you think your computer's junk, right? And so most of us want it in milliseconds. We want to go bloop and we expect an answer. And so our whole way of looking at things, I think, has changed. And we want everything now and we, we don't want to wait. And yet life, this life that we have in Him, it's about His timing. Uh, it's about being on God's daytimer, not our own. And it's different. 
and when we actually learn that it's okay to wait for him, that's a sign that, that you know, we're trusting in him. And that's where we find life. And a lot of times, just, just I, I will tell you, sometimes I was so stressed and I'd be praying in this, this whole little acrostic. I would do it. I would just step back and try to get my thoughts straight on him and, and, you know, try and listen and look to see the bigger picture. And, okay, I'm going to wait. And almost then, it, almost a lot of times, it would just happen anyway right then because he's God and he's good. But there's a willingness that comes with that and, and just being willing to wait. So I, I want to encourage you to sort of take this whole process and, and, and put it to practice in your own life and in your life when you're finding yourself not at peace, when you're unsettled or distressed or because there's still a lot of stuff going on around us that wants to steal all that away. You, you, there's a lot of things here that want to steal away our peace right now and our joy. It doesn't take long on the road to get all. And it's just like, okay, God's got it. God's good. He's got me still here, pressing on. New year, new creation in Christ. Got brothers and sisters, got family, got friends, got hope, can experience joy. That's where we find life, and it's an amazing life. And I, I want to encourage you to just hang on to it and press into it. We're going to be spending the next uh, little season talking about this amazing now and forever life that we have in Christ. But, but remember that little acrostic and hang on to it. I hope you'll put it into practice and, and use it. I think it'll... It'll give you uh, some benefit if you'll do that. Amen? Amen. Ministry team, those of you here, why don't you head over the wall? People on the way over that wall are here to pray for you. And if you need prayer for anything, then make sure you get it. But let me pray for you as a group. Then we'll dismiss it. Father, we are so thankful for who you are. And for your amazing love for us and for this life that you came for us to experience now and forever, full and abundant. And help us, Lord, to be aware that uh, when we're not sort of experiencing that life, that, that we just need to get dialed back into you again. And, and Lord, that you want us to, to be in that place where we're experiencing you throughout the moments of our life. And I pray, God, that as we do, that, that life would sort of flow through us and impact the world around us for you. That you would bring renewal, revival, and breakthrough to this area. That hundreds and thousands of people would come to know you as their Lord and Savior. We pray for every church in this area where your word is preached, God. And ask that you would bless them with everything they need to fulfill the mission you've given them. We ask for your continued abundant blessing on us, God, to fulfill the mission you've given us of one more. Just one more lost child back to you, Dad. Just one more. Thank you so much for including us in your story here in this time and place. You are an amazing God. If you need prayer for anything this morning, the folks over there will pray for you. Healing, relationship, problems, finances, situations, whatever you got going on. If you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, just take care of that this morning too. It's, it's humility and faith. In humility, it's just admitting to God you're broken like all the rest of us. You've sinned. Asking Him to forgive you, which you'll do. And then in faith... Inviting and accepting Jesus into your heart and life as Lord and Savior. And if you have never prayed a simple prayer like that, I want to encourage you to do it today. Best decision you will ever make. If you need help, just go and ask somebody over there. Say, I want to know Jesus. He'll know exactly what you mean to help you through that prayer. So if you need prayer for that or for anything, I'd encourage you to get it. If you're going to stay and have breakfast with us, Lord, thank you for the food you provided today. Bless that. Everybody makes it possible. Drop people in for the 11 o'clock service, Lord. Keep our roads safe, God, today. You are an awesome, awesome God.
Praise God from whom all blessings. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. And go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Remember, be thankful for five things. Encourage two people so we can get one lost child back to dad. Prayers over there. Breakfast is in the back.